You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 205. So how do high achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Well, hello there. How are you doing? I am currently in Nashville. And I am here for my, there's like a two-day mastermind that I do with my coach. And I work with a group of business owners on looking at the relationship between ourselves and our businesses. And we look at every aspect, right? We look at the copy that we're writing. We look at how we show up for the people that we're serving, how we show up for ourselves, whether we're overworking, whether we are looking at all of the aspects that we need to so that we are showing up in relationship to our business in the best way possible for everyone involved. And I was thinking about how I do this in every aspect of my life and I wanted to share with you something that is incredibly helpful. I was thinking about some of the most common problems my clients face and I wanted to create a podcast episode that looked specifically at how we can recognize our triggers in those areas and make change. Our relationships are our greatest teachers. They can also be our most emotionally triggering. Relationships don't just include the people in your life. We are in relationship with every aspect of our life. We have a relationship with our goals, with alcohol, money, shopping, driving, your calendar, your legal practice, Anything you can think of, you have a relationship with it. If you're walking your dog while you're listening to this, you have a relationship with your dog. You and I have a relationship. That's because relationships are made of thoughts. Specifically, relationships are made of our thoughts about the other person, place, or thing that we are thinking about. They're made of the interpretations that we make of how we interact with each aspect of our life, whether it's a person, place, or thing. Every time we have a thought about our partner, a client, opposing counsel, money, our friend, our calendar, our business, the air we're breathing, we are generating a feeling. If we think our partner doesn't love us, we feel unloved. If we think our partner loves us, then we feel loved. Our thoughts aren't necessarily true, but because we have that thought, we feel a feeling. Your partner can tell you a million times that they love you, but they can't make you feel love. Only your thought that they mean it can create the feeling of love. And even if you think they mean it, if you don't have the thought that you love them, you can't feel love for them. (laughs) Our thoughts about our experiences, our relationships in the world are what generate emotions. I'm narrowing the scope of this episode on using relationships to emotions that are traditionally considered strong negative emotions like anger, frustration, aggravation, guilt, shame, those kinds of things. Because 
these are some of the emotions that my clients come to me with on our calls together. And these feelings are coming from thoughts about what, you know, what's happening in our life, our relationships. When we become aware of how we're thinking about our relationships in the world, then we can start using them as teachers. When we use them as teachers, we supercharge our growth. We supercharge our ability to take action to get the result that we want. This is not comfortable work. It requires thinking differently than you have probably ever thought before. Let it be okay to be uncomfortable. Let it be okay that your brain hurts. If this episode hits a nerve, I want to urge you to listen again until you understand why. I encourage you to go back to every podcast episode that triggers you and listen to it again. And every one that you avoided, I urge you to go back and listen to that one too. Those feelings we try to avoid are the ones where we can get the biggest lessons. It's like the low hanging fruit for us. The more you practice sitting in those emotions that are uncomfortable, the more you realize that they don't have control over you. You loosen the grip that they have. But we become so afraid of feeling bad that we do everything to avoid these feelings or numb out. And those are the behaviors that interfere with us getting what you want. We react, we snap at people, we overeat, overwork, overshop. We do all those things because there's a feeling that we're avoiding. If you notice yourself, and I bring this up because this is where I was, if you notice yourself wanting to grind through work and work and work and work and you're skipping gym and you are skipping all of the things that you tell yourself you really want and then I want you to recognize that you are avoiding a feeling with work. What is it? Like really take a look at your life because you have a relationship with work and if you were putting, pouring all of your energy into work, why? Where are you not pouring your energy into? What areas of your life that you tell yourself you want to pour your energy into and you're not, are you like having a difficult relationship with? Watch those areas. Okay, so this episode is really designed to challenge you like I challenge my clients. I want you to be able to experience that for yourself as you examine how you are in relationship to your world. Every relationship we have is a lesson to learn if we're looking for it. I'm not saying that you take yourself up on every single lesson, but let's look at this at the easiest access point, right? And the easiest access point to those lessons is how we feel in relationship to whatever it is that we have in front of us, right? The work that we have, the calendar we have, the person we have in front of us. Those feelings give us information about our relationship. This is just information. These feelings are not good. They're not bad. They just are. And sometimes someone will ask me, aren't the ones we have that lead us to behaving how we don't want to behave bad? No. In fact, that judgment that anything that you do or feel is bad is creating a layer of shame that makes it more difficult to see the lesson. We were placed on this planet with all of the emotions. None of them are bad and wrong. 
It's how we observe them and see how they show up in our life that matters. They are the best tools for our growth. Instead of looking at feelings as positive or negative, good or bad, try looking at them as information. Here are some examples. When you wake up in the morning, do you feel angry, rushed, pressured? That's information about your relationship with your morning. When you get emails from certain opposing counsel, do you feel annoyed or angry? That information is about your relationship with them. When you feel shame or guilt because you didn't follow through on something that you said you'd do, that is information about your relationship with yourself. And actually, everything that I'm mentioning here is also part of the relationship that you have with yourself. It's a reflection of the relationship that you have. Now, when you don't hit your target for the month and you feel disappointed and worried, that's information about your relationship with your business, right? There's relationships. There, There's the everything around us is a relationship. Right now, I have a relationship with my hotel room. I'm not so happy with it, but it is a relationship, right? Like I recognize like, oh, okay, how am I in relationship with it? Can I look at every aspect of it, not just the parts of it that I don't like, but look at the parts that I do like? How, how does that impact my experience? Like if I just focused on the fact that the creamer was expired, and that the sink is kind of tilted funny, so it doesn't really drain, like that would drastically change my experience. But when I look around, I think, oh, you know, it's a great location. It's very clean. It has, you know, everything is very nice in here. Um, Lots of outlets. Like I have to look at everything in it and that impacts my experience, right? So just recognizing like everything that we feel, everything that we're thinking that creates those feelings is creating our experience, our relationship to the world. So we can gain a lot of wisdom about how to change our relationships and how we feel and have the relationships that we want, but we need to be open to allowing that wisdom in to changing our experience. Dismissing our emotions or labeling them as good or bad blocks us from gaining access to that wisdom. Here are a few ways we dismiss our emotions without even recognizing it. We think things like, well, that's just the way I am. That's just the way they are. That's the kind of person he is or I am. And when we think these kinds of thoughts, we skim the surface of the relationship. It's like watching a bird skim the top of the ocean to grab a snack. They don't dive bomb, they just stay along the top picking up the little fish with their beak. And it limits our ability to have a perspective different from our own or have a perspective that is bigger than the one that we currently have about ourselves and what we're capable of. For example, once in a great while, I'll offer coaching and have a lawyer tell me something like, well, I just don't see how that applies to me. They feel closed off and defensive when they think about it. And if we take that approach to the world, it limits what we are capable of because we're not looking for how it does apply to us. I guide my clients through this, but you can do this on your own too. When you feel closed off or defensive about anything in your life, ask yourself something like, what if they're right? How might they be right? How might that apply to me? And you will gain access to so much more wisdom simply by asking yourself those questions. 
Another thought that doesn't help us gain access to the lesson is thinking the thought, I don't have control. Now control is a total illusion here, okay? There's no such thing as control, but there is a helpful way to think about control and an unhelpful way to think about control. The unhelpful way of thinking about control is the equivalent of thinking, well, that's just the way it is and there's nothing I can do about it. That might be true. For example, we can't make people behave how we want them to because we all have free will and free will is awesome. What is also true is that there may be a lesson there for us to help us take responsibility for our actions. And that lesson may help us influence other people and outcomes in the future. Taking responsibility without judging ourselves or the other person's behavior is the helpful way of looking at control. Can you hold both of these thoughts at the same time? That we have no control and that we can take control of our behavior to influence our relationships, whether it's with opposing counsel, business, your calendar, and any other experience in your life. You can't control if your child is sick in the middle of the week, but you can control how you are in relationship with your calendar and yourself so that you know you can make your life easier no matter the unexpected circumstances. This is something that in business we must do all the time if we want to grow too. You can't control whether someone hires you. What you can control are the lessons you take away from a consult or networking interaction so that you see what worked and didn't work for the next time you have a consult. You may think you can't control what work comes your way in your firm, but you can take control of how you are in relationship to the people in your firm and how you communicate what you want so that more more work comes your way. Another block we can have is our disconnection to our feelings. And that's why one of the things I work with with my clients and one of the things I stress on this podcast is accessing those feelings, especially when you're feeling intense emotion. Emotions like aggravation, anger, annoyance, fear, frustration, shame, those kinds of feelings are great tools to learn the lessons from those relationships. We have a relationship with ourselves too. So recognizing that our bodies, our minds, our self-concept, our emotions, and those are all things that are contributing to our relationship, our reflections of our relationship with ourselves, and that we can change those things. Now we can shut down to these or we can open up to these. Most of the time we shut down and ignore our relationship with the world and ourselves. No one ever really taught us how to open up. Opening up has even been discouraged in our society because it's not quote unquote productive. We gotta work through it, right? We gotta grind through it. We feel things, but we ignore them because we're too busy. I put that in quotes too. We're disconnected with what it means to connect with ourselves. We can't even notice the impact of being disconnected from ourselves. And I was there a long time. So I am speaking from experience. So here's a few ways to know that whether you're disconnected with yourself. If you ruminate, blame others for what you're feeling, complain about how busy you are, or complain about other people and their bad behavior. But you're using that information about your behavior 
right? The thoughts, the feelings to not making any changes, right? Disconnection really stalls us out in our life. It feels disempowering because we feel at the mercy of the world instead of recognizing that we are in relationship with the world and we have the ability to impact that relationship because we are in partnership with it. For example, when we feel angry at an email we get from opposing counsel, we have thoughts creating anger. Those thoughts create the relationship that we have with our work, with opposing counsel, with ourself. And let's say counsel tells you in an email that you've been behaving unprofessionally, that you shouldn't have done something that you did. He says words, right? Your first reaction may be to think, he's such a jerk, how dare he? He shouldn't write something like that to me. He should know better. And you have all those feelings that come up, right? Take that moment to reconnect and simply notice that you're having these feelings in your body anger, defensiveness, maybe some shame in there, then you can get awareness. All you need to do is notice. That is your trigger to start looking for the lesson this experience is offering. And it may just be noticing the feeling. That is your lesson because you haven't really paid attention before. Like we got to start somewhere here. And all the time, it is starting with recognizing there's a feeling in your body. Especially if you're anything like me, I was incredibly disconnected with my body. I would push through every emotion and it was not helpful for me because it kept me from getting the larger lessons. In the moment, that may be really hard. You may want to snap off an email telling him what he can do with his email. Instead of reacting, I'll offer to you that there's a better way. Well, the first thing is, is just feel the feeling in your body, name it, and then start looking at it. Does it move fast or slow? Like you can feel a rushing. Uh, you'll feel like maybe it's very slow. Like just recognize the quality of that feeling in your body. It's just a vibration in your body. It's not going to hurt you. Where is it in your body? Do you feel open or closed? Are you breathing shallow or deep? And the reason I say like these emotions are not going to hurt you is because sometimes I'll hear from lawyers that they are afraid that if they allow themselves to feel the emotion at all, that they will get lost in it, that they will be in a spiral. And that's why it's so important, and I'm gonna talk about this later in this episode, to have compassion for yourself. The only time we start to like really spiral out, and I mean, I'm not immune to this either, right? Like it's emotions. But when I notice myself kind of going in a direction that I don't want to go, I ask myself, wow, like what do I need right now? And I start to have compassion for myself. I start looking at like, wow, how am I talking to myself? And usually I'm not talking to myself very nicely. Like it sounds so fluffy, but this is the best work. These are the best tools to get results and nobody teaches us these. And it is ridiculous that we have a whole school system that doesn't even mention how our body works in relationship to itself. Like these emotions, these feelings that come up are powerful tools to change our life. I just was skimming an article and I think Thrive Magazine just started recognizing like this is something that we need to be teaching. Um, so here's something that I want to share with you is like asking yourself these questions 
is going to help you become an observer in your relationship to your world. It will help you slow your brain down so you're not reacting and instead you're reconnecting with yourself. And once you become conscious of the emotion, then it gets, then it's time to get curious, right? Like ask yourself where your brain might agree with what opposing counsel said in that email. Maybe you see their perspective, maybe you don't. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you take a moment to open up your perspective instead of shutting it down. What do you feel in those moments? And when my clients have experiences like this, and when I've had experiences like this, the first feeling we have feels like anger. But when we take time to notice where our brain agrees with what they said, we feel the true emotion, which is shame or guilt. We have like these quiet thoughts that say things like, I should be better, or I should know what I'm doing, or I did something wrong. And we can't even notice it because we're not reconnecting. We only feel defensive when we are agreeing with something someone says. Like that's such a great tool, emotional tool to look for is that feeling of defensiveness. So if you feel anger rising up in you, that is a sign to start looking for what else is there. It may be defensiveness, right? And then the lesson can be more visible to us. Maybe the lesson is what your true thoughts are about yourself and there may be more work for you there. The lesson may be that you become more compassionate to people because we never know everything that's going on in their life or what's happened to them. Maybe the lesson is is that you're more compassionate to yourself because you notice the language that you're using when you're talking about yourself. I know that sometimes lawyers will come to me and they'll say things like, yeah, I was just so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I'm such a moron. And like recognizing the language that we use towards ourselves, that's an that impacts the relationship that we have on ourselves and how we behave in the world. Now, recognizing these relationships and feelings does not mean we have to be perfect and control them. We can react in the situation and then later on, without judgment and with total compassion for ourselves and knowing that we're not robots, we can look at our relationship in the situation whether we had whether we were angry at an opposing counsel or we overspent that month and felt guilty or we're seeing that we're not going to the gym every week and and are judging ourselves for doing that instead of having compassion whether we're following through with our calendar or not whatever it is we can look at our relationship with that and say huh i wonder why i did that what was happening there This gets us into curiosity instead of judgment. Remember, judgment blocks us from growth. What if you just looked at the facts, the information of the emotions, and asked, I wonder what it would have looked like if I had more compassion, right? What might that look like if I felt that instead? For example, I hated the way I felt in the morning. I felt rushed and pressured, and it was really setting my day up to feel more of that throughout it. And when I examined my relationship with my mornings, I asked myself what was happening and what I wanted to do about it. I had to really look at my relationship. And if I let my brain wallow in the knee-jerk answers to that question, I would not have changed anything. I had to say, what would, what would I like my morning to look like? 
Like, what do I think could be possible if I was having 100% compassion for myself and what I wanted and allowed myself to have it, how might I do things differently? How could I take control of my mornings in a responsibility kind of way and not in a judgment kind of way? Because if we're just telling ourselves, I'm a horrible person, I can't do this, I've never been a morning person, and we're just labeling it, and we're just deciding that's just the way it is, we cannot change. We've got to ask ourselves these questions. We've got to look at these relationships. This work is about seeing your blind spots, my friend, and that's what I do with all my clients. If you want to take this work deeper, book a call with me. You can go to dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session to book. All right, my friend, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.